Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. foodie fans. Are you ready for a spooky film? Well, that's not necessarily happening this week, but I am getting in the Halloween mood with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. That is, I think, the only time you're going to hear me sing it this episode, but it had to be done. Uh, maybe right now, you know, I'm trying to, again, just trying to get into the festive mood. Right now, you could possibly be hearing someone's blowing, uh, leaves right outside my apartment window. So, you know that, I gotta get some candy for, uh, for the children, for them, for the trick-or-treating, or just candy for myself, because I love candy. Um, oh, I'm almost internalizing Jeff Goldblum right now. Anyway, I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm uh, I'm I'm still. I'm not. I'm not sleeping well ever since Europe. Um, yeah, jet lag, jet lag for an old man. Uh, but I wouldn't trade it in for all that delicious food I ate over there. But I won't uh, yammer on about that again. So here we are. This episode, I speak with. Actor Heather Drew, actress, actor. I don't know the political. Let's you can choose what's politically correct. Um, she also works plenty of different, you know, roles in the uh, you know crew positions in the world of video production, and she uh, and she also teaches people how to die. How does one do that if they haven't died themselves? I don't know. I I didn't know, but then uh, Heather kind of uh, you know ex- explained it pretty well. But then you know she didn't want to give away all the secrets because then why would you take her class? So here we are with Attack of the Killer Tomatoes and uh and, and Heather and I. Well, you know what? I I tell you everything in the episode. So grab a bucket of tomatoes and and uh I I don't know why I said that. Just hey, enjoy the episode. So what's happening, Heather? Long time no see. <laughs> it has definitely been a long time, but I'm doing well. Good to see you. Good to see you too. We went to college together. Go Roadrunners. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even have a football team, but we, no, we, we had didn't. a few yeah, we had some other sports. <laughs> we so. had some others, yeah. 
Tennis was good, I heard. I mean, I think we were both, you were in a sorority, I was in a fraternity, so yep. we, were, we were Greek in college. Uh, but here we are. I contacted you because you, uh, I, I know that you're obviously involved in the world of film, and I thought, you know, it's October. I, I think a lot of people on the Cage Club Podcast Network have been doing like a horror movie every week, but I, I was away, so I had to record a few before. But now I'm back from I was over in, I was over in Europe for a little bit. Uh, but I I think horror, and you're and you're one of the first people that comes to mind because I see your posts and it looks like you're killing it, no pun intended. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so here we are. So tell tell us about just like what you do, and you know, just get the foodie fans up to date with uh, your career. Yeah, so guys, I'm Heather Drew. Um, I am an actress, and I'm also an on-camera death and injury coach, which means that I teach people how to die on camera and how to be injured safely. So if you ever see a zombie or a vampire or a werewolf in a movie, I may have been the one to help out. And I'm also <laughs> food-related because I do craft service on the side, so oh, that's my wow. sidekick. There we go. So there's a little food tie in there. So uh, you teach people how to die. Yes, I do. You're uh, in front of me. You're living... I think breathing uh, breathing uh, so you've pulse? never done so yes, how does probably. one I actually I, I was once uh, I was working on a, a feature independent feature film and all of a sudden they needed extras to play terrorists in them and we're in these the sterling mines out in like West Jersey you know they're, they're, they they filmed I know they filmed like the Zoolander coal scenes there and I actually just, think I know where that is yeah and so I'm playing a, a terrorist I look like I'm a lumberjack terrorist in the scene but nonetheless and then they're like okay when your gun runs out of blanks die <laughs> I <laughs> When I when I end up seeing like how I die, I end up like looking like a like a rabbit falling backwards, oh, no. and it's just uh, so how so I guess that long-winded uh, setup. How do you teach someone to die? How, what what's the what what are the what does that entail? What does that entail? Well, I do Skype sessions. I go on set and then I do a class called Dying for the Camera. Um, we're all teaching, but it depends on what the death is. And also like, say it was a gunshot. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you a day player or are you a lead character? The deaths are going to be way different. Yeah. Um, are you being shot in the head or are you being shot in the stomach? And I also always tell people like what kind of gun, know what kind of gun it is because your reaction is going to be dictated by what kind of gun is shooting you. Know the direction of the bullet and I don't want to give away too, too much. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Please. Yeah. I want, yeah. But I'll give away one little tidbit. Okay. If you know which direction the bullet's coming and where it's supposed to hit, put your finger and poke that area and see how the muscles contract there and see oh, what happens. Good so trick it kind of the helps trade. you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's 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 pretty that's pretty interesting. Like that's <laughs> that I didn't think. So now it seems like you could go you just show up to a crime scene. You could break it down now. You'll go full. CSI on us. Kind of. I studied forensic pathology, and then I studied movies, and I kind of integrated them. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you into like crime shows too, and everything like that? Like, what? Yeah. What are the what's you you work in? You know, horror and that and suspense and everything like that. Is is that your is that your favorite? It's my favorite, and that's okay. kind of why I got into it. Like. I'm an actress over all regards where commercials, television, all that stuff, but my heart is in horror and sci-fi. All right. And I started actually because I was dying a bunch of times in movies 
And then I had studied forensic pathology a little bit in college, and I just kind of continued my studies because people were telling me, oh, you're really good at dying. <laughs> because I would tell me, oh, you can't do that because the body won't doesn't do that when that happens. Yeah. And I realized, I was like, oh, wow, I, I am kind of knowledgeable on this. Yeah. So I ended up um, working with uh, a casting director and turning it into a full career because I was like, oh, that's something people do. They, they teach people how to die on camera. Yeah, that's pretty. I knew there was and people. I, I mean, it makes sense. I knew there was, there's actually a, a sound professor that I, I had at Ramapo, uh, Brian Hughes. And he was somebody, he knew how to like professionally how to fall. Mm-hmm. That, that was fall. something, yeah. That, that was fall. so. I knew that existed. So yeah. I mean, n- teaching someone how to die and like just like all those twists and turns that you have to do when getting shot by yeah. a bullet, or obviously, I mean, it, all the different ways. What's the what's the what's the craziest thing you've had to teach someone to die from? Is it like a bullet gas knife wound? chamber? Like ga- gas chamber. Gas chamber. It it was um. Oh, I forgot the name of the movie, but it was a period piece, and they got sent to die in the gas chamber, Ooh. and that was a pretty cool one to do. Um, and the hardest one I think I've ever done is drowning, just because you can't communicate with the individual once they go underwater yeah. and submerged. And another thing I want to say is when there's more than one person, when there's a victim and an attacker, yeah, that can get very complicated, and that's when... It, that's when I'm. I really say like you need a death coach there for safety. You need someone to help out. Sure. Yeah. So how like is, are you working with the then the choreographer a lot as well, or is that you are the court? You know. I usually come in at the tail end. It depends on how big that fight scene is. I got you. If it's a small struggle, then I of course can do it. Um, I will definitely talk with the director beforehand to figure mm-hmm. out what's needed when they when they initially hire me. So I'll, that'll all be discussed. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, because I mean, so what, what, what did you study at Ram? Because you said like you were theater and right. Um, I studied to own my own theater. Okay. Um, and I had studied a few classes in forensic pathology. There was a class called death, dying and, and bereavement. Oh. And that was just an extra credit class because it was at like 2 PM and not 8 AM. And I took it. (laughs) (laughs) and that's kind of how it started I'm not a morbid person but like I guess I like the macabre I love horror movies I love monsters and villains and stuff so to me that class is kind of exciting even though it was a little dark yeah and I found that I have an interest in that and I'm trying not to be creepy but that that kind of segued into it (laughs) What, what was your first introduction into that world like when did you like you we graduated, and then what was, like, you know, kind of like the first gig you worked on? Gotcha. Um, the first gig I worked on in horror was a movie I shot in South Jersey, and one girl had to be shot by a bow and arrow, and she was getting shot in the back and lurching forward. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I was like, no, you got to arch your back back. Your muscles are contracting back. So that's kind of the uh, first yeah. time I ever coached someone. And the director was having problems the whole day with that. So I was like, if you don't mind, would you excuse me? Like, I have the suggestion. And they kind of let me coach that day. Wow. And that was kind of the first time I started coaching. And then I really <laughs> was like, let's make this career. Let's let's do this right. Let's learn everything and then go forward. So that's kind of how it happened. That's awesome. And then, like, so from there, you 
I mean, it's it definitely seems the world of like independent horror seems like a tight knit group of people. Like I see oh, yeah. that you know you you're going to festivals. Tell yeah, just tell me about that and just like what it's you know like you are you working with a lot of the same people from crew to actors or just how that world is. Um, it's a tight knit community, but it's very welcoming. Okay. The the thing with horror film festivals is you make horror movies and sci-fi movies because you enjoy it and you love them. Yeah, it's the passion. It's, yeah, it's yeah. the passion. So. A lot of times when people are going to these festivals, you're going there and you have a common interest. Like, you love these movies. They're mm. awesome. Even the terrible horror movies are still enjoyable. They're still so good. So what I do is I'll go a lot of festivals just to have a good time and see the movies. Sure. And we do end up meeting people. And I have gotten some wonderful friends. Um, I'm actually shooting a, f- a film called Identity Check that's shooting November 3rd. That's where we start shooting. Um, and I had met him years ago at a festival. I have good friends, Lindsay Serrano and Manny Serrano. Lindsay is the director of uh, a movie I just shot that I acted in called Misunderstood Monster. It's a horror comedy. It's fantastic. (laughs) But it is kind of incestual where you do get to to work with each other in horror. For other genres, of course, you have to go through many more channels, casting directors, things like that. But with horror, a lot of times they'll write parts for you if they know you. Awesome. It's really, really awesome because they, they're they like, oh, you're a cool friend. I have a part that you'd be perfect for. Of course, you have to be able to pull that part off. Yeah, but, yeah of course. <laughs> but if, if, you, if you're good and do this as a career, you it is very open and welcoming to get parts and, and to, to work with other directors and producers. You meet them directly there. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine, like you said, like you go to festivals and whether even the films are good or bad, like I feel like it's a genre that there's a lot of like homages in, so mm-hmm. that's like maybe just even like a lot of Easter eggs that you're catching in these films. I mean, definitely oh, yeah. in the film we'll be talking about today, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, there's by far, I mean, it starts off by letting you know like the birds, <laughs> like that's like what this is coming from, but um, so I mean, so in the world of production, are you are you acting more? Are you coaching more? Are you, I mean, I've even I've I saw again. I just I see your post, and I'm like, this is awesome. I love seeing someone that I know like getting con, you know, getting a decent amount of work. Mm-hmm. Maybe can I call it constant work? I mean, yeah. it seems pretty yeah. fruitful. It's I mean, you're working. Yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. You're. I saw that you were working a teleprompter recently. Yeah. That, oh, that's, and that's my favorite. That's that, that's your favorite. Well, I, in a way, because it's getting. Do you pull like an Anchorman and put the wrong thing and then? No, <laughs> never. It's like playing a video game. Okay. So that's why I love it. Acting is, of course, my first love. But mm-hmm. when you get hired for a teleprompter, you're also not there for many hours, and they basically tell you to play a video game. <laughs> <laughs> so I do enjoy that. That's awesome. I mean, so it just seems like clearly you love the world of production and just like anything to be around it. You're get yeah. your game for. Like you said, you did. You've done crafty as well any day on set is a good day i would say it's a yeah um it's a 50 50 split because sometimes production's busier and sometimes acting's busier Mm -hmm. um it's a jenga game because i am freelance production i work with a bunch of clients but i never know what day i'm gonna have i just got two calls last week and i have three jobs in a couple days that i didn't have yesterday or whatever it was um but acting, I always say, comes first. But again, mm-hmm. I also have to be very selective with acting roles. Okay. So, have has one ever conflicted? You've taken a, a one job and then all of a sudden you're like, ah, like another one came up that you're. I had that happen a couple of times, and knock on wood, every time 
the one job has been moved. I have. N- oh wow! Okay, yeah. I'll yeah. Go, I'll give knock you a knock as well. Yeah. I have missed many vacations. That I've missed, but I've been so far pretty lucky that any jobs that were worth it, let's say like a good acting job or a good production job, never happened to be on the same day and actually film and not get postponed or moved. <laughs> See, <laughs> I always, gets moved. I have the opposite. I have Ugh. such bad luck when it comes to it. I I take a gig and then all of a sudden then I get a call like the you know the day before for another gig on like the same day or whatever. Yeah. Or it's been quiet. I'm like, you know what? I, I mean, I enjoy to travel. I'm like, I might as well go somewhere. Work's been quiet. And then just this recent trip, I was away. And then the like right when the first weekend I was away I got an email saying mm-hmm. you know like oh you know like four days next week I'm like yeah nope I can't because <laughs> <laughs> I am away the I would say the one thing with me is luckily if I had something conflict I usually have the one that I really really want to do or the client that I really trust and I feel like I would choose them over it so I've mm-hmm. never had too much of a conflict i've only had my heart torn once that was a film i really really wanted to shoot but again last minute the production got moved (laughs) and it turned out i was like fate fate (laughs) (laughs) uh before we get into the film let's just talk a little bit about food that's just kind of like a staple of this show so i mean you mentioned you've worked you know even crafty Mm -hmm. i mean i i know a, a bit about that but for the foodie fans tell just Explain what crafty is and just the purpose of crafty and just, I mean, just the world, even just food on set. Yeah. Um, Crafty really is taking care of the crew and the cast, um, providing breakfast, lunch, and snacks, and a really good crafty, like, I also have tissues, and I have cough drops, (laughs) and I have emergency packs if someone doesn't feel good, Mm -hmm. Um, but majority of the job is just serving food, but it is... A lot of fun um and i really enjoy it and i also like i know what people like so i'll pick them up so if i'm on a job again uh, i'll bring it for them yeah and they love it like yeah. you're their favorite you're like oh you brought doritos for me just for you <laughs> i got them just for you <laughs> ever have it like a, a weird crafty request uh weird or just uh, you know no, just like no. flavors that maybe I can't get. I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. Oh, <laughs> salmon with caviar, and I got it. it. The budget allowed for it? Yes, it did. I just made it work. I squeezed by by like 10 bucks. It was just on budget. Salmon with caviar. Okay. Yeah. When you're acting or working on it, what's like your ideal, like, is it, do you like to eat something in particular? Is there like a meal that you're just like, or after a day of shooting, you're just like, you're craving something or anything that- of that nature? That I'm craving after set, if I have allowed myself not to snack all day. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the pastries I get, woof, they're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, staying away from the pastries can be difficult. Yeah. Um, sometimes there's this black bean burger that I absolutely love from a place called Positivity. Mm. It is so dang good. <laughs> so that's like, if I have a long day and if I'm anywhere near there, I will pick that up, go home, enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely the crafty table is a, a, a temptress. She it is an island of just. I feel like there's a, you know tends to be a decent amount of sugary snacks on there. Something that will. Oh, I have a candy table. Yeah, I'm known for my oh, my you... candy. <laughs> I will have Swedish fish, jelly beans, everything you can think of. I make sure I get the salty, the sweet. There has to be something for everybody. So yeah, and there true. always has to be chocolate, <laughs> chocolate right. and coffee. <laughs> 
well, let's let's get into. I mentioned the film Attack of the Killer Tomatoes came out in 1978. Um, I this movie I haven't seen in a while. It's it's hilarious. I think it doesn't get the love that it. I mean, definitely it's a cult film. Right? Oh yeah. That's. Uh, I mean, just even the whole title sequence. They're selling ad space during it. It says. Ba- uh, based on the best-selling novel, The Tomatoes of Wrath. I mean, what what do you love about this movie? There is not one moment where they didn't insert some type of joke, even if it's in the background. It's <laughs> it's, it's so berating. consistent. <laughs> Consistent's better. Yeah. Berating sounds negative. Consistent. No, berating's great. For this movie, it's bad. <laughs> but, like, the thing I enjoy is, like, the song puberty and you hear the theme attack at the killer tomatoes <laughs> yeah that's that the songs it's a musical it is it's, i didn't remember that i literally just rewatched it and i forgot there were two huge musical numbers yeah and i, <laughs> I couldn't stop <laughs> laughing and then so many references to so many other films and then they had lois and clark and superman and i was just like well i love this movie I, yeah all of a sudden, I was just like, "What's that hanging out of his jacket?" And then you hear those, sh- <laughs> like, and the, sh- up, yeah. up and away or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it starts out with. Uh, let's see if I can even read my own handwriting. In nineteen, well, it starts out with a woman getting killed by a tomato, right? That's yes. The, that's the that's the in the garbage disposal. There's it, a tomato. And, it pops out yeah. of and rolls on the floor and she screams bloody murder as the as the tomato rolls towards her before we know it's a killer tomato yeah. and what what is i wish i was tr- i was reading tr- i was trying to find out like what do you think that the noise of these toma- of the oh smaller my. tomatoes they're like <laughs> they had either the worst or the best foley artist and foley artist he had a made, fun time oh. i mean foley, oh my god yeah. he had a blast and then when they're in the meeting scene and their file document, I think, is like, pfft. So they're all making raspberry sounds like farts. It's just a hundred million sounds of farts <laughs> within that, one second. Yeah, and that military meeting in the room that's way too small. Yes. And, oh, that's just, yeah, this movie is just, like, I think it's more, I don't know if there's, jo- like, jokes per minute. <laughs> JPMs, uh, uh, that's what I'm going to call them now. But uh, after the woman's attacked, there's then it says, in 1963, Alfred Hitchcock made a motion picture entitled The Birds, a film which depicted a savage attack upon human beings by flocks of the winged creatures. People laughed. <laughs> and then, in the fall of 1975, seven million blackbirds invaded the town of Hopkinsville, Kentucky, <laughs> resisting the best efforts of mankind to dislodge them. No one is laughing now. So, I mean, it's this movie right from the bat is saying, remember that movie, The Birds? I mean, this is... I what, So they said The Birds came out in 1963. This is 1970. So 15 years later. So it's still a movie that's fresh on people's minds. I don't know how many people these days... I mean, even from our generation have seen The Birds... What do, you, what do you think of the movie The Birds? That's a, uh, well, I love the movie. It's a classic. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is just one big parody of everything you could think of. Yeah. So starting off with a classic movie, a cla- I, you can call it a horror movie, even though it's sure. not bloody and gory. Yeah. It's, it's a classic horror movie. Going, okay, we're going to take this, we're taking this iconic movie, and we're going to let you know we're just going to make fun of everything. And th- this is not off limits. <laughs> so we're going to put this in there. Nothing yeah. is off limits. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, as far, like, 
it 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 feels a bit I love Mel Brooks movies and it, it has that you know especially like a Blazing Saddles almost hmm. vibe of that Blazing Saddles was just a complete uh, you know lampoon on the western and this is that for horror I mean the the definite the the two True. biggest horror movies I mean maybe you you know far more than me but that I mean they're talking about the birds and then there's clearly that jaws uh you know scene that was like more more like jaws 2 because they're on like that like similar pontoons that they're on in jaws 2 oh when the kids are floating and the the tomatoes are bobbing in the water yeah bobbing in the water and the girls fall in and the i didn't even think about that reference you're right but uh did you catch any other like definite or maybe just any kind of references for this film. I mean, you said like there's like the Superman, but did, was there any like horror maybe that as a horror? I mean, oh, kind of that's a that, good yeah. question. And I'm sure if I re- scrolled through the movie, I could find some <laughs> off the yeah, top of the my spot. head. Yeah, yeah. I think there might be a psycho kind of moment in there too. Yeah, there definitely is. Oh, I'd have to. <laughs> I know there's a bunch and. You're kicked out of the genre of horror from now on, Heather. You're Damn. Just, you're fired. We've got bird. Well, I'm trying to think of what was made before then. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's. It's true. When is the golden age of horror? Is there? Is, is there? there a, like most people I mean, say the, the 80s when slashers came out, because before okay. that there wasn't really any slashers. Yeah. We had no Michael Myers, no Leatherface, none of that. Okay. Um, smart yeah. horror has been the past 10 years. What's, give me, give me, like, the top smart horrors. It's, not, it's a genre I, like, I don't know, I'm, like, aware of, but I don't know much about. Like, the Babadook. Or, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, what's the, I have, I have the one on, uh, It, It Follows. It Follows. It Follows was slow for me. It was but slow? Yeah, oh, okay. It was so slow. <laughs> <laughs> but you have, like, Insidious, or, or just, in-depth storylines, mm-hmm. and as you can see, a lot of those movies have had predis- They've had a, a continuation where you have The Conjuring one, two, now three, yeah. Insidious four, which actually all of them are really good. If you haven't seen the Insidious movies, they're all great. Is that the which which is the one that's gone off into like then Annabelle and there's also then the Nun. The Nun, or? yes. Okay, so they're all based off of, um, not the Warrens. They a family that collects. Um, possessed artifacts in their basement and they that family they're going off of artifacts from there so like the Annabelle doll was something that they had I'll cheat google it in a second (laughs) (laughs) but they're all interweaved they're all intertwined together gotcha um yeah I mean what what are I mean do you have any specific scenes from Attack of the Killer Tomatoes that you're that you're a fan of does any really um, the Hitler scene made me laugh really hard. It was so wrong, but it's so funny. Yeah, that's, a, I mean, so the, this film, it's, uh, you've got, I mean, it's directed by John DeBello. He, like, wrote all the songs, and then... I oh, just remembered oh, oh, my scene. I just yeah. remembered. Okay, yes, so when okay. the helicopter crashes in the beginning, yeah. which, did you know, was not supposed to I, happen. I did, I read that on IMDb Trivia, that it ended up, that ended up costing them, like, half of their budget, or whatever. More, yeah, it was, like, apparently all the budget that they had combined beforehand, what they thought the, the budget was going to be, wow. and that was even more than what they intended to spend, from Oof. what I heard. So, yeah, this was supposed to be a super low budget. Like, you see 
um, some scenes and there's just like a blue curtain background and it's supposed to be a press conference and there's like 10 people. Like the only scene that had a bunch of extras was at the end when everyone was dressed in a Halloween costume at the stadium. At the they, end San Diego, yeah. Yeah, and I think they're just all, like, everyone come, yeah. your neighbor and your neighbor, yeah, and they bring said, whatever you want. We, and they said, wear the weirdest <laughs> things, things you, you own. <laughs> so people were just there for free. I don't think they had to pay them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, yeah, the, the fact that the, uh, you know, that's one scene that I, I actually saw that was like available to play on YouTube. So let's let's play that scene for you. So that's one of the earliest scenes in the movie. It pretty much goes, it's like the woman's attacked, there's the investigation at her department, and then it's at this grounds I love that it's the Department of Agriculture. I feel like, you know, that's also, that's funny in its own sense that, I mean, now you have shows like even Stranger Things that it's like the Department of, uh, what would that be? I mean, that involves like electricity and... It's not neuroscience. Um... But it's just funny, all these like smaller government departments are now, you know, because it was yeah. always, you know, Department of Defense is yeah. always involved or something or something like that. And this is the Department of Agriculture. Hmm. And they're just these, at that point, I think some local cops and a few federal agents. And it's just chaos. And like you said, that helicopter crash, crashes and that wasn't supposed to happen. And they even said like pieces just missed. Yeah. Like, some people could have died on this this movie yeah. maybe wouldn't have existed well the guy pulls him out and like that's for real yeah he really does get pulled out to save his life and i know i heard, i read that they did like two ad-lib lines but when i first watched the movie i didn't know that this crash was not supposed to happen yeah so when someone said like oh did you see the tomato hit it and i was like no i didn't i didn't see a tomato go into the helicopter <laughs> and then when i found out what happened i'm like 
Oh, that's why, because that wasn't supposed to. Yeah, exactly. And then the like on the spot, then the director was just like, "Okay, let's work that into it somehow." I mean, yeah. it's pretty easy. They're like, "Did you see? Yeah, did you see the tomato fly into it? These tomatoes." Uh, but that's the whole thing. These tomatoes start out as regular size, but then they just grow and grow, I guess. And that's that leads to my favorite scene, which I love. You you referenced it's the one uh, character I wrote down. His name is. Sam Smith, he's the disguise expert, mm-hmm. and so when oh, not, it turns into yeah, yeah, and they they he his final disguise. I mean, he just at first he's a couple. He's like George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and then Adolf Hitler, <laughs> and then I think I mean the main character, his name is Mason Dixon, uh, and he gives is given this ragtag well there not much is expected of him mm. and then he's given this ragtag team of a swimming a disguise expert a swimming expert a um oh i wrote it down underwater so you have an, a swimming expert and an underwater expert and then you have just like his the final guy he meets up with that just parachutes down and never puts his parachute back in his bag the rest of the film uh, <laughs> I love the disguise expert and the fact that he dresses up He's uh, that Dixon tells him to infiltrate the tomato camp and he dresses up as a big tomato and the the way he gets found out is when he's eating a hamburger he says uh, can uh, can I get some ketchup yep. that's pretty awesome <laughs> that's pretty iconic <laughs> there's like a lot of great little lines in here like even the first right before that small military meeting there's just a couple of generals talking he's like oh where'd you get that where and where'd you get that medal from he's like oh from the three-legged race <laughs> like the last camp or whatever like this the little jokes there was a couple ones about the japanese that weren't a little <laughs> a little insensitive <laughs> little insensitive but they were funny and back then you can get away with them yeah yeah it did yeah, i mean hey you throw some insensitive jokes and like uh, someone dressed as Hitler. It makes me think of Mel Brooks. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this movie. It, it. So I guess it ended up. It was a hundred thousand dollar budget. I guess that's what it ended up being with that uh, helicopter crash, and then it made like around four hundred thousand. So. Oh wow. Pretty... Plus, it's a cult hit, so I'm yeah. sure like even new generations are watching this movie. I think there's been three sequels one of and which a has, tv show and a tv wait, there was a cartoon show oh there was a there cartoon was. show i watched that this was a movie i think i took i must have I, I brought it up somewhere i think it was on the podcast if not nonetheless this is a very like i think iconic poster to me because even as like a little kid it was like a little scary in a way i was like you know like tomatoes with like these jagged teeth on it and that totally set me up for not being disappointed, but totally and th- th- thinking it's a different film because then it's just these tomatoes and then the big tomatoes are foam tomatoes and they don't have mouths. They're not oh. mutant tomatoes in the sense of that, you know, nothing like that. Yeah. I forgot I, the original one was just comedy. Yeah. Even with the name, it was straight up parody slapstick comedy exactly uh and so the one other poster that makes me think of is a movie like tremors that's i mean a great i mean would you consider that horror is that or is that more sci-fi comedy sci-fi or uh it's a sub-genre of horror yeah it is a bit more sci-fi 
but there are so many different levels of horror. Like I said, slashers before. Yeah. You have horror comedy. You have B movie, monster movies. There's so many different things. So uh, yeah, it's I put that in there. Yeah, I, and that because that covered that was one that I would always like walk by. Co- quickly at like blockbusters like a little kid because it was just these <laughs> huge this huge mouth sharp teeth come, like underneath i mean clearly taking away from like jaws as well but then in the you know when you watch that movie not that it wasn't still scary at some points but it wasn't nearly like the image point being the image on the poster just like this movie was just very deceiving mm. <laughs> yeah um not every horror movie has to be scary like the others yeah, not every yeah. What what are do you have any favorites of that? I mean, I'm I'm when it comes to horror, I'm definitely like more towards like the Hitchcock end, mm-hmm. and like I'm not I'm not a gore person. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big gore person. That to me, like, like I mean, are you a fan of like the Saw franchise? I love the Saw franchise, but okay. I also find it funny. Like, ah, okay. coming from the worlds where I see behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I know someone was in the background with every take screaming, more blood. No, the blood has to, more, more of this. Like I could see how it's created. Yeah. Or sometimes I wonder, how did they create that? So instead of being terrified, I'm like, how did they film that? How did they do that? Mm-hmm. So I look at it from a different different perspective where I'm just kind of, how did they pull that off? Yeah. So that's why I enjoy those. What do you... What, watching this film i mean what do you think as far as its uh, effects i just did quotes when i said if, i mean like clearly you know there's uh, some you know there's just there's someone that was just rolling prop tomatoes m- most of the time i think the two big like as far as like editing tricks that i saw at one point there was uh just a bunch of like a time lapse of that they were probably placing tomatoes all over bodies like when they were oh I saw that yeah yeah when they're in the supermarket or reversing someone rolled a tomato downstairs down you know a set of stairs but then reversed it so it made it look like they were chasing somebody upstairs but yeah. I mean, did you when watching this film is there anything that you took away that you're like oh that's I I guess what I'm looking for is or what I'm asking is it's spoofing and it's a satire and a lot of things did you see anything original from from this film did they uh, i would say just story alone yeah like special effects everything was handmade and i can appreciate that and on a shoestring budget and they know that they had a funny script and if they had some some actors were serious mm-hmm. and some were not and the ones that were serious were the the thread that really weaved it together and made yeah. it work because if you have all these funny things happening like you know that tomato was rolled by someone's hand there's no it's not a special effect it's yeah terrible terrible <laughs> like even the even the set design was simple it wasn't meant to be this grandiose thing it is what it is it's funny and i appreciate the how minimal it is, but pulling off a good story that they thought, hey, this script can work. Like, mm-hmm. these lines are funny. These jokes are funny. If we do this seriously, like, we know we have $5. But if we we can pull this off, and it really did work, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, the, what, I'm very curious. I couldn't find any specific. Maybe you, you can think of some others. But the, the song at the end, so you've got the song uh, 
puberty, puberty love, right? That's, uh, yeah, puberty love. Oh, fun fact, performed by Matt Cameron, who became the drummer for Soundgarden and then Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. There you go. That's like something for our generation. Fun fact. Um, it made me right away go, oh, Mars Attacks totally stole this. That like a song ends okay. up defeating, you know, that's not the first, I mean, it's War of the Worlds. It's, you know, ends up being what, just the common cold or, the cold, or whatever is just the bacteria in general ends up killing the aliens. But this was, I can't, I can't think off the top of my head any other like horror films or sci-fi films that use the sound. Well, that uses like a so- specifically like a song, like the fact uh. that the song to defeat. I guess the most recent uh, you see, um, was it a quiet place? Yes, that's a brilliant, brilliant movie. That falls under smart horror. Yeah. Um, John yeah. Krasinski. Oh, brilliant! Jeez. I couldn't believe he like acted, directed, wrote, produced. Jim, Jim from the office did that. He was just the whole time sitting at those desks every day. There were some dark thoughts going on in Jim's head. Mm. <laughs> I actually had a friend of mine who worked on that, and he was telling me some of the behind the scenes and how there was a highway that was actually in front of the house. So oh. they put dirt all over it, and then they hung up all those lights. And it t- I think it took them like a couple of days to take them down and put them up. Yeah. And they had to block off this highway that looks like it's just farmland. Wow. And I, I was feel like, like what? There could have been like a another farm to find somewhere <laughs> apparently that was a spot it's i don't think it was very ma- used highway like sure, okay yeah one of those backroad country highways but yeah. that's that's awesome that's a fun fact for that film um i'm just also looking this this film also made me think of dr strangelove as well just as far as the the military mocking because it really hmm. it's like the gags in the film you've got or just again, what what they're spoofing more even than horror is like I mean they have the voice dub going on for the Japanese scientists, so that makes me think of like Monster Godzilla and that in that mm. world. And then we've got the pokes at the military and the press. I mean, well, let me let me ask you this. I mean, as as a woman and working in production and just I mean even the genre of horror. I mean they make that. There's what's the her name? It's Lois Fairchild. When she's put on the mission, he's like, "Oh, you're smart. Oh, you're, you're yeah. Hey, you got a great ass. Yeah, like that." I mean, it's a comedy, so I'll let it go. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this: when I show up on set, they either say two things if they don't know who I am. They'll be like, "One, oh, your hair and makeup," or two, "You're an actress." So sometimes I am the actress, but uh, I'll be associate producer sometimes on some projects. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm not the hair and makeup. I'm, I'm the associate producer. But they'll think automatically when they see a girl on set, she's yeah. an actress or she's hair and makeup 99% of the time. Is in, in your world, I'd say, I mean, in, when I was working in reality TV and on other shoots, it was pretty, it was close to 50-50. Like, I mean, but what, what's your experiences as far as gender... You know, just even just gender equality as far, you know. Yeah, um, I've seen a lot more in the past. It's been about 10 years that I went and started film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen a lot more DPs, female DPs. So okay. females behind cameras and a lot more producers being female. Cool. Um, most of rig and grip, lighting, all those people usually are guys. Yeah. They do have to lug heavy equipment, but then again, so can I if I have to. Yeah, yeah. 
so it, some I've actually seen a couple sound girls just the past two years. Before that, it was male dominated, but we're getting in there. We're getting in there. That's gotta make things easier because I know definitely times I've had to do sound and like mic people up. It, you know, it could be a little uncomfortable because you're asking someone to run a mic up their shirt or you're you know it's, yeah. it can be a bit intimate so that's got to make it a bit easier to have some female yeah s- you know sound uh operators but i mean is there um just looking i will say another time if if i'm the only female on set i had one time where it was a while ago i worked on a netflix series and oh. i was a- yeah i was actually um a set decorator or i'm sorry i i helped with set decorating myself helped in the art department okay so one of the girls had to do a scene she was a vampire and she had to show her breasts and because i was the only other female on set they asked me to leave my position for the day go help her like put on the the robe every time we they yelled cut Mm -hmm. because i was the only female there so it i wish there were more females on set but sometimes i'm the only one it's yeah i mean just in that in that like vulnerable moment just to have i mean a bunch of I mean number one you're just in front you're in front of camera mm-hmm. so that's got to make things awkward and then just to have like a bunch of guys it's almost like it's like a, you know it's a semi-circle and just yeah. it's got to be uncomfortable yeah she had asked she's like I need a female with me so yeah, I was like is, I'll help yeah, yeah. definitely makes sense um just looking I mean there's just like like we said I I, I love just little lines here and there uh when uh, on the radio, puberty love is playing, but then the, the uh, it cuts to the news and it says in Newark, New Jersey, a man was oh, yeah, e- eaten by a BLT. So a little shout out to New Jersey right there. Bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Bacon, yeah, ba- yeah. They say bacon, lettuce, and tomato. Uh, I lo- they have a shot of San Francisco, like the trolleys, every uh, Alcatraz in the background, and it says New York City. Yeah. It's just this is a film that. I mean, we played that one clip for you. This is a movie that you just need to watch. And it's on, it's on Amazon right now. So ch- if you have Amazon, check it out on Amazon. Um, it's just, there's just so many great little, like, constant jokes throughout this film. I mean, what, <laughs> actually, what I need It's to... almost like, you know the scary movies that we put out a couple years ago? Mm-hmm where it's just parodies of all things. Think about it. This is a 70s version of the scary movies. Yeah. Except that it's not just off limits with just horror. They went for everything. Politics. They went for even like pop culture with the radio station. Puberty. (laughs) That's another aspect going through adolescence and all that stuff. They really touched on everything. (laughs) Every one second was another joke. (laughs) The one other uh, little thing I read in trivia, but I just love the way it was written was it said most of the cast had never appeared in a movie before several never acted again (laughs) the bad ones it's just so uh i mean that's as as an actor i mean how often do you is it a kind of you, you know like we touched before and you said that on that uh you work with you know the same people you know often or like that people will write roles for other people but is do you see it as a pretty revolving door of actors or just people that just um i will say it is it's a revolving door i will say that the a lot of people start in horror like johnny depp started in horror jennifer aniston started in horror yeah. so i think everybody it's a welcoming into it yeah to be honest with you it's a lot of people's 
first jobs, first, okay. second, and third. Yeah. So I'll say a lot of times people either quit or they realize, hey, it's really too tough to really be in this business, not mm -hmm. just to get a role, have fun, and have done something in my life. Sure. So, yes, there are a couple people that I uh, work with that are moving in their career. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of times you'll see pr a person in one or two horror movies just because they got the job and realized this is not the life they want to pursue. Because sure. acting is tough. In order to do this as a career, yeah. you need to do, you're going to have to do the commercials. You're going to have to go out for the auditions. You're going to have to meet the agents, take classes. You're not going to get anywhere if you're not taking classes because that's another way you can meet casting directors. My career would not be what it is today if I didn't meet casting director Pamela Kramer. She actually teaches the Dying for the Camera class. She teaches the scenes in it where Pamela I coach. Pamela Kramer? Yes, okay. with a K. She teaches the, the an acting class, and she teaches the scenes. So I'll do the exercises, and I'll do the death scenes, but she's the one doing the acting coaching. Okay. Um, but I, I used her... And she's helped me meet other people beyond just the horror and sci-fi. But again, if I ever wanted to work with them, I'm sure they'd be very open to allowing me to come to do, be part of their films if I'm right for a part. That's awesome. Yeah, because, I mean, hey, it's, well, like, Hollywood is not, it's, I mean, just, I mean, movies in general, but you think Hollywood, it's it's cruel, it's, it'll chew you up and spit you right out. Mm -hmm. But it, it does seem, not, not that working in horror is easier, but again, since it has that... It's Almost, more forgiving. It is more forgiving, and I mean, you know, it's not clearly. I mean, I mean, you you teach how to die. It's not just like it's not like to say that working in horror is easier. But I feel like people can just like maybe be a bit more like ham it up a little bit, or is that B B acting is more acceptable in some horror. Yeah. So we all know when we watch a low budget horror movie that it may not be the best acting. And we can still appreciate an independent film. Now, there are high-budget horror films that are phenomenal, like The Insidious, Hereditary. You're getting Tony Collette. You're getting A-listers to yeah. be in these movies. So it's not all, all that way. But I, again, s stress that horror movie acting, when you're first starting your career, they're more open to newcomers. And that they're... They enjoy when their actors want to do this as a passion, and not all, but a lot of the, the beginning directors and producers will allow those passionate people to come in and work on their project if, if they don't quite have the experience and help build them up. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, that doesn't really happen with a lot of other genres because they want people who are established, and horror is like, hey, you're not quite there yet, but let's give you a small part, let's give you a couple lines. Yeah. It's not brain surgery. Run and scream. <laughs> Something I feel like I'm seeing more and more. Let's, I'll see if you agree with me. It seems. Do you think that comedic actors make good actors in the world of horror? I feel oh, like. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. If you can pull off horror, you can usually. Or if you can pull off comedy, you have the facial expressions, and you can just minimize that. Sure. And it'll register so much on camera. Yeah. Like I see, Bill Hader is going to be in the next It movie. Yeah. You. What I also find is people who have impeccable comedic timing mm -hmm. understand pacing, and they understand. Ah, okay. And we always say with horror movies, sometimes in scenes, you have to feel the music that's going to be there. Feel that tension that's going to build up. If this is the climax of the movie, and you're sitting in the corner, now if we're shooting and you're just sitting in the corner. 
you're not going to know how to act, but if you have that music playing in the back of your sure. head and you know this killer is coming around the corner and you're sitting, it it kind of helps. And I feel like comedic actors have that pacing and have that structure to yeah. them. Okay. Yeah, no, that's... Um, well, I think they are two, you know, comedy and horror. I think they're two genres also that are very... That editing make, can make or break oh, from. Yeah. You know, like you can have a dramatic actor one shot you can have you know the godfather and just the slow push in and marlon brando i mean i know i'm going with like one of the greatest films and one of the greatest actors of all time as an example but nonetheless quintessential yeah, example yeah. <laughs> but just that monologue of just you know that or just de niro raging bull you mm. know uh just that one shot and that just reading those lines but comedy i mean you just and 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 horror just really can be dependent on not depend but again it just it could make or break it just like the oh, good yeah. like you because you said like the pacing and yeah. just knowing you know yeah. that that will definitely make a big difference yeah well i have two quick things to add one sure. editors are magicians absolute magicians they can like you said make or break a film um and then the second thing i find a lot of comedic actors are smart if you can find the comedy and find the joke, mm-hmm. I feel like they can break down a script very well and can also find the subtle things that are scary. Ah, okay. So that's yeah. just a personal opinion. I like but. That. Maybe that maybe and maybe that was one thing that worked for uh, Mr. Krasinski because mm. I mean he yeah, definitely true. came from an early world of comedy and he was even just in a recent movie we covered of It's Complicated and his little looks in, in that that movie he was just purely you know like supporting character in that movie and just the awkward tension between the Alec uh, Baldwin and Meryl Streep like affair going on in that movie when he finds out just like his little looks and just taking the sip of wine at that moment that just made it that much the scene that much funnier yeah and then clearly in a movie where there's very little talking in uh in a quiet place that he just structured you know pretty perfectly Mm. and i love that you know his you know wife emily blunt was just like yeah i need to be in this like when he was like i'm looking for somebody and she's like yeah i'm gonna be in this that's awesome (laughs) and he's like yes i want to spend more time (laughs) they're cute they're adorable they're awesome they're Mm. they're a hollywood they're like a good power couple, I feel yeah. like. I don't really follow celebrities, but just them together, they just seem so nice. And I'm like, oh, they found each other. <laughs> I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, do you do you have, I mean, maybe you could say one for each of the subgenres. Do you, what, what is, what's what's the holy grail of horror for you and, and, or, and or sci-fi? What are we, what, what like, do you, top fives? Holy grail of movies. Um, horror, I think the best one is Insidious. Ooh, sci-fi is tough. You can have Daybreaker. There's so many different movies. Underworld. My favorite movie of all time is not a great one, which actually supports why Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is so good. (laughs) My favorite movie is Queen of the Damned. The soundtrack is amazing. Aaliyah is a great villainess. It's not the most perfect movie, but I fully enjoy it. And sometimes movies are just meant to be enjoyed and you don't have to break down like how things are shot exactly. Or mm-hmm. I allow for flaws in films. I, I, I would take a better story over a little flaw. So for I like that. Preference. That's good. Uh, anything else to say about uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? Puberty. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, let me just look. We've got, yeah, it was in San Francisco. Oh, and the, I mean, I'd be also then remiss of just not uh, bringing up the ending where they're just walking off in a field and then it starts and it goes down and then you've got carrots and the carrot is then speaks. The tomato, the tomatoes didn't, well, they, they, I think they communicated with one another, but they didn't speak human language and the carrots say, all right, you guys, they're gone now. So that's. I don't think a carrot did a carrot movie ever come uh, from any of this. No, I think we just got tomato sequels. Well, I'll take it. (laughs) Makes me want pizza. (laughs) Lots and lots of pizza. All right. So again, check out Attack of the Killer Tomatoes on Amazon. If you got Amazon, if not, I'm sure you can find it elsewhere. It's just like you said. It's it's it was it's a comedy that. You know, we, we in the 90s and 2000s, we had these horror spoofs, and this is like almost the godfather of them in a way, but then it just, it goes for everything. Yeah. All, everyone is a victim. <laughs> know it's bad going in and enjoy every single moment of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're up to the uh, segment of famous food scenes, so Heather, I will put in front of you... Uh, pick one of these uh, four that I have in front of you, and we'll uh, go ahead and watch it. All right, my hand's hovering over. I'm going to okay, like, yeah. feel it. I'll feel which one. This one. I got... What'd you get? Let's see if you can read my handwriting. Christmas... A Christmas story? Story that's Chinese dinner. Do you remember this scene? We can, wa- we'll, we can watch it. And we're, and we're gonna can we watch it? For, yeah. yeah, let me just uh, pull it up on the phone. We'll play it for you guys. Tis the season to be jolly. No, 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 Something else. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle Yes, it's a beautiful duck. Yes, it, it, it really is. It's uh, uh but you see, it, uh, what? It, it's smiling at me. Okay. Christmas would live in our memories as the Christmas when we were introduced to Chinese turkey. <laughs> All was right with the world. So that, I, I, I've been having these moments where also these famous food scenes kind of work well with the film that we just talked about or just have a, just something with recent news that it, that it works well. But this, I mean, so it's the Christmas story, Chinese dinner, and I mean, hey, we just had a film that uh, mocked and, you know, 
Asian, so there we go right there. And then we're keeping on with the holidays, with a, you know, Halloween to Christmas. And then even the, a, a slight horror element, I'll call it, of the chopping of the uh, the duck head off. But Christmas story, I mean, what... Uh, you rem- did you, re- you re- right away we started watching and you said oh I remember this scene yeah so. it was funny because I forgot about the cleaver and the uh, the, the the head <laughs> <laughs> but instantly once once he brought the duck out I was like oh I remember what happens <laughs> but this scene is also tied in the other movie because of a, a little bit of a musical the yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, this is a movie that I remember watching as a kid, and I thought it was, you know, because it takes place in, like, the 30s, I thought it was, like, an older movie. I didn't think it was a movie from the 80s. Gotcha. But did you ever have, like, a holiday experience like this? I mean, did you ever, I mean, we've, like, the, the I mean, the whole thing is that, what, that the oh. turkey got ruined, so then they have to go to the Chinese, uh... <laughs> restaurant but i like that nobody else was in the chinese restaurant on christmas day. <laughs> yeah did i ever have something r- r- yeah i went to a pig roast and seeing that pig on the pike was an experience i wasn't expecting that one uh. so i would say when people started cutting the pig uh, that was a little bit much for me <laughs> i was like oh wow no more practical effects, just or no. Well, no, that would be practical effects. No more. Yeah, yeah it was a real it was, pig. Yeah, it was a real pig. So. I was like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Fourth of July at my uncle's a couple of years ago, <laughs> and I was like, wow, you really did it. <laughs> but what I love in the scene from Christmas Story is the mom's laughing, and I have a feeling she just got the giggles from hearing them go like fa wah wah yeah. for four hours straight. <laughs> So I think those are real giggles. I don't think she could have helped that. Yeah, I love the dad correcting them and then even just then saying, the duck, it's smiling. It's and just like the the, the, the the staff wants to be nice and accommodating and he's just like, oh, no problem. Like, and just yep, chop the head right off. And we wonder nope. how vegan started. There you go. This is the scene that started it all, everybody. This well, is the scene. You know what? Hey, all, kill, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes made a lot of people into uh, carnivores. There you go. This film made a lot of people into uh, vegisaurs. Vegisaurs? <laughs> yeah. Dang it. <laughs> all right, and on to the last segment, Gut Instincts. I kind of let you know before we started recording what this segment is about, but just as a refresher, just I've got uh, what like 10 to 15 questions here and just whatever, you know. Whenever it comes to you first. Gotcha. Favorite fast food? Favorite fast food? Uh, Blossom du jour has this midtown melt. It's made with like avocado and honey, and it's fast food, and it's delicious, and it's so bad for you. It's actually a vegan place, but it but. is not good for you. <laughs> midtown melt. It's in Manhattan. It's great. Go-to drink. Go-to Drink, as in alcoholic drink. Alcoholic. Alco- oh. Alcoholic beverage. Libations. Usually, Red Bull and vodka. <laughs> it's <just> simple. <laughs> Red Bull vodka. Red Bull vodka keeps you awake on set, but you're not drinking on set. I no, I'm not no, drinking. We're not set. talking. We're not talking about. Uh, favorite childhood snack. I would say Dunkaroos, but my mom never let me have them. So those little Dixie ice cream cups that had chocolate and vanilla. Those are great. Sweet or savory? Sweet. Sweet. 
Halloween's coming. It's the time yeah. for sweets. Favorite food city? Ooh, um, Vermont. Pizza it was amazing there. And they have maple syrup on tap. <laughs> it's not that's exactly a city, but yeah, no, Killington, yeah. Vermont. Yeah, oh, there you go, Killington. Yeah, Vermont. Vermont's a who are we kidding? It's not Vermont. New Hampshire should be one state. <laughs> so, um, favorite cuisine? This pig. Wait, do you want like a like Mexican, Italian? Oh, I like Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. Like Sushi that. or like, are we talking even hibachi? Are we going to all, oh, of, it. all of it? All of it. <laughs> Have we been to Japan? No, but I have to learn Japanese for my next movie oh. for identity check. So I really want to go to Japan. I want to snowboard in Japan. It's on my bucket list. Ooh, cool. It's on my bucket list. Guilty pleasure food. So just, you know, that one, maybe, you know, cra- hey, craft services right there. You just, you know, it could be just picking out. What's what's the what's the food you're like, ah, oh, I shouldn't eat all that, but I just, you know. Well, it would be probably Tostitos because I could go through the bottom of the bag in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably just the amount of Tostitos I eat. Do we have a favorite type of Tostitos? Are we going with scoop? Are we going with the restaurant style? Oh, we're doing the regular triangle yeah. Tostito. No scoops because they don't have as much salt. It's just you think you're going to get more, but you don't. <laughs> You're on watch, Tostitos. <laughs> Favorite condiment? It's peanut butter a condiment. Sure. Can maple syrup be a condiment? Yeah, well, maybe a maple, <laughs> maple syrup. syrup. <laughs> yeah, maple syrup. I should have known. Uh, yeah, just hey, I got put a Canadian tap right blood. into a tree. Yeah, there you go. You got Canadian <laughs> blood? Yeah, all right. Um, last, what is the last thing you ate? Chocolate chip pancake. Mm. Yeah, it's good. With syrup? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid question. What would be your last meal? And if it's a little too difficult, I, I've said p- to people before, you can make it into like a three-course, you know, like a appetizer, entree, dessert, or whatever whatever you want. I but, got this. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, yes. Yeah. Uh, no mansplaining needed. Mogul's Personal Pizza. It's a place in Vermont that makes the most glorious, magnificent pizza. I don't know what they do to it, but they put drugs or something in it because it's... Fantastic. And then cashew snickerdoodle ice cream. It's made with cashew milk. It's decadent. It is <laughs> so good. I so, love yeah. these answers. They're so uh, they're so detailed and just <laughs> different from what I've heard before, and I'm into it. Do you prefer, uh, like, dining in, dining out? Do you like cooking for yourself? or? I prefer to cook for myself. I okay. like cooking for myself. Any particular reason? Are you? Do you consider yourself a decent cook, or...? Um, just like meal preparations or I'll be honest with you when I eat home it's simple and it's healthier so I try to eat better at home and then when I go out it's, I'll eat whatever I want yeah so <laughs> go to a Jersey diner menu that is just like seven pages long oh my gosh it's so great yeah more just as 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 there were jokes and killer tomatoes there are options on a Jersey diner menu there's yeah. just that many I'm also very lazy and when I'm hungry I want to eat now <laughs> Spirit food. What? What? Ice cream. F- ice cream. Ice Boy, cream. you're just. Ice cream. Other people, I'm just like I need to. <laughs> but is ice cream? Are you, but are you? Do you embody what I like? What ice cream is? I'm as cold as ice. <laughs> <laughs> it's got so many different flavors. Yeah. You know, whatever you're in the mood for, it has. So I can just. <laughs> there you go. I'm, yeah. Hey, I'm into it. And last question. What is what is the greatest lesson you've learned in food? So it could be something from you know 
again, childhood or just being on set and realizing that people need uh, certain crafty. It's nurturing. Honest, like, I know this sounds weird, but if you eat a good, healthy meal, you actually feel better. So it can be healing in some regards. Oh, okay. I know that if we're going with lessons, I yeah. would say that, yeah, it can be, and it can also be therapeutic. Like, you have a terrible day. Sure. You go home. I love diet root beer. I crack open a diet root beer. It's the equivalent of someone having a six-pack. Like, nice. Yeah. It just relaxes me. So, I guess you could say it can be relaxing, too. Diet diet root beer, black yes. bean burger. Yeah, that's uh, what I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm weird, I know. <laughs> no, I'm, it's, I like it. Those are great answers. Well... Heather, you, you you survived many horror films, and you survived. Well, no, do, have you? Well, I haven't no. survived them all. I've been known to not survive many. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Well, that's okay. Well, you survived Foodie Films podcast. Yes, I did. Um, please, right now, like, tell people where they can. I mean, if you want people to be able to contact you, or just or see like your Instagram or any, you know, plug away. Yeah. Um. You can always reach me at heatherdrewacting at yahoo.com. Um. Please feel free to email me. Just put in the the message who you are. You can find me on Facebook, heatherdrew.tv or .net. And I also suggest, especially since it is October, if you want to learn to be a, a zombie, there's a class. Like I said, dying for the camera is starts October twenty third. It's a Tuesday at seven. It's taught by Pamela Kramer, and I will be coaching within that. It's so much fun. If anybody wants to go for Halloween, I highly suggest it. It's awesome. You will turn into a werewolf. You will have a blast. You will. You've never laughed as much as as you will in this class. It's <laughs> it's so fun. And that's at the Actors Connection. So you go to actorsconnection.com and search the class. Cool. Perfect. Well, thank you again. And we end every episode with a little sign-off, and that is the line of there's more to cut. Feels even more, it feels horror-related today saying it in front of you. But there, so if you could, yes, <laughs> so if you could just uh, grace the podcast with reminding people that there's more to cut. There is more to cut. Thank you. Yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy And I feel like I'm loving you Love you such a sweet thing, good enough to